if we're intuitive women, if we're really listening to our bodies and our souls, like why not question something what we're doing regularly if just to experiment, if just to see like, well, this is how I feel with drinking. Let's try some not drinking for an extended break and then we can compare. And what ends up happening is they have some data around this and I have a lot of just experiential anecdotal 80% of people who take a extended break from alcohol just don't want to go back because they love what they find on the other side. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions, but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, I've also created video guides to walk you step-by-step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be with my new friend, Carolina, today. She is here to talk about how you have to give up alcohol to explode your business. We're going to dive into all those things. And you may be sitting there saying, but I enjoy my glass of wine. That glass of wine may not be doing you any good. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode. Can you just tell me a little about what brought you to this place so that my listeners can get to know you? Absolutely. So I work as an alcohol-free empowerment expert and help a lot of women just reevaluate the role of alcohol in their lives because honestly, it's kind of like this unconscious habit. We start drinking when we're in teenagers or in our mid-20s or so, and then it's just something we have going on repeat without really thinking about it. And so I've worked with so many different women, and this isn't just some esoteric deprivation exercise. What happens on the other side is so juicy, is so purposeful, so beautiful. I've watched women grow their businesses, make more money, launch new things, just get so much more creative. And it really started from my own story where I used to be working in a cubicle, basically not being able to wait for the weekend to drink. And usually when we talk about alcohol, we have this like very black and white categorization of it is either you're a problem drinker over here or you're this normal drinker over there. And my story doesn't really fit those two buckets. Like I was what you would call a normal drinker. I lived a pretty healthy lifestyle Monday through Thursday. And I drink on the weekend with, you know, the sushi night or a game night or some Netflix and wine at home. You know, it's like by any means you wouldn't call it a problem. But it was keeping me stuck. I was stuck in a cubicle. I didn't really believe that I like my dreams were possible for me. And when I took a break from alcohol, that's when so much of my confidence exploded. 
I launched my business, left my day job, wrote my book. In the last five years, I've been empowering other people to see how this one little change can explode so much in their life. So define that. And I know you defined it for yourself, but define it for all the women that you've worked with. What brings somebody to say, I'm a normal drinker versus like a problem drinker? Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's like, it's going to be a different definition in everybody's head. You know, we all have these like stereotypes in our brain. We might think back to a movie when we watched like the character, you know, slugging down a whole like handle of vodka or something in the morning. And we're like, okay, well, that's the problem. But me having a glass of wine or two every night isn't a problem. And so I actually am not really that interested in whether or not someone considers it a problem or not, because according to what, according to what standards, you know, What I think is interesting are like better questions to ask. So for example, when I ask myself, is drinking aligned with my top values? Does it help me play out my top values more? I knew the answer to that. If I ask myself, does drinking make me ultimately happy? Not the little 20 minute buzz you get, but like the whole spectrum. How do I feel the next day, the whole week after that? No, it was not making me happy. And was drinking helping me achieve my bigger goals and dreams? I basically had writer's block for a decade when I was a drinker. I wanted to write a book so badly. And when I ditched alcohol, the book came just pouring out of me, right? So it definitely wasn't helping me achieve my goals and dreams. And I didn't really know that until I experimented without it. And my life and my goals and all of that just skyrocketed. So I think those are some better questions to ask to just reevaluate. Like if we think about it, We all start drinking for the most part, like not everyone, obviously, but it's a cultural thing. It like comes into our life in college or high school or our first job. And then it's basically supposed to just be in our life as a regular occurrence for the rest of our lives, except for like a pregnancy or two, you know? So to me, I really think of it as like, if we're intuitive women, if we're really listening to our bodies and our souls, like why not question something what we're doing regularly if just to experiment? If just to see like, well, this is how I feel with drinking. Let's try some not drinking for an extended break. And then we can compare. And then we can really like determine which one do I like better. And what ends up happening is they have some data around this. And I have a lot of just experiential anecdotal. 80% of people who take an extended break from alcohol just don't want to go back because they love what they find on the other side. Was there something that prompted you to take a break? Yeah. So uh, for me, like I probably drank more in college. Like I was just party lifestyle, just no healthy habits around it whatsoever. But as I got older, I got into health and mindfulness. And so I tried to have a really healthy lifestyle. So like I said, Monday through Thursday, I wasn't drinking. I was eating my kale. I was going to yoga class. I was doing all those things. But every weekend it would play into my social life and just be a habit. Like that's what I did on the weekend to unwind, which was so normal and typical for everyone around me too. But Monday morning, I always woke up feeling a shell of myself. I woke up groggy, exhausted, ashamed. And like all that progress I made throughout the week, like it's like I took three steps forward. I just took five steps backward every weekend. And I lived in that cycle for years, at least like seven years of being consciously aware of it. Every Monday, I actually woke up and I was like, can we just take a break? Can we just like not this week, you know? And then I would look on my social calendar and it was always that happy hour or that networking event or something that I felt prevented me. So in my mind, it was always this like quest to drink less, to make this a smaller part of my life. And it took up so much mental energy. And, you know, when we are healthy people and we want to, you know, put our time and energy into our businesses, like drinking less is very common of an intention, 
but it can be so hard around alcohol because there's just so much decision making around it. Like, okay, should I drink tonight? Should I not? Okay, just have one. All right, but everyone's having two. What about when they offer this? Okay, I have to wake up early tomorrow. Like, it's like this crazy monkey mind. And I was just getting sick of all that mental chatter. So I actually had up until that point thought that not drinking was something so associated with hitting a rock bottom or being called an alcoholic that I just wouldn't even really go there. But when I heard about dry January for the first time back in 2017, that's when this light bulb came off for me that I was like, oh, I could just take a break and I don't have to explain it to anyone. It's dry January, right? And that's what allowed me to experience it for the first time where I really, really fell in love. So I think that's really common for a lot of the women that I'll hear from is that like the drinking isn't a problem by any means, right? Like they're drinking one or two glasses or they're not drinking every day or something, but the mental exhaustion that they get from it, all the mental energy that they use to try to like keep it small and moderate it and to make these decisions around it. I think what one of the beautiful things that happens when people let it go is all that beautiful mental energy can actually be used on their creativity, on their business, on their passions. And that's where like it explodes so much. What about for the woman that's scared to give it up? Because I feel like, you know, you drink for a reason. You drink to relax, you drink to socially fit in, you drink to let go. And I think when that's not there, I mean, I don't drink anymore. I found that it just wasn't good for me. It doesn't work out well for me. I become mean. (laughs) And so drinking and me don't mix. But what about for that woman who's like, what am I going to say to people? What am I going to do? How am I going to let go? What are some of the strategies that are techniques that you have for the women that you've helped? Yeah, such a good question, because like I personally had a lot of objections and obviously so do a lot of people that come into my world is that like when you think about it, alcohol is just ethanol in a glass. It's fermented liquid. It is toxic to us. So a lot of the health cities are coming out to say now that there's actually no no safe amount to drink of it, not even one glass, but (laughs) But so that's all it is. And what we've done as a culture is we've ascribed so much more meaning to it, right? Like we think it helps us relax. Well, actually, when you look at the physiology of the human body, when it interacts with alcohol, we actually release more stress hormones in response to alcohol because it's a depressant. Our body goes into this counteractive mode of like, all right, now we're going to pump out that cortisol, that adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Most people, like if you have just one drink, you can feel it like that hour later. But if you keep drinking, you'll feel it in the middle of the night, right? You're going to wake up at like 4 a.m. with like a start, you know, and that's that adrenaline. Or you'll wake up with more anxiety the next day. So alcohol on the whole does not relax the human body, but we think it does. We think it helps us be more confident. So I am an introvert. I grew up really shy. That was my top reason for drinking when I started in my 20s. Like I thought it turned (laughs) me into an extrovert. And the thing was, is that like alcohol was always just this band-aid. Like it never made me more confident through time. I always felt like, oh, I need to have that glass in my hand in order to be confident that's so fake and such a crutch. So when I was going alcohol free, it was almost as if like socializing without alcohol was this muscle that I never worked out before. So I had to start working it out and build the confidence from within. And now I can say easily that I'm very confident without drinking, right? Because I've actually built that skill from within. So it's really fascinating. I think we all drink the people who do drink. There's probably like 10 solid reasons behind it. And Mm. so what I do when I work with clients is I, and in my book as well, Euphoric, is we'll take every reason and we'll start to debunk it and disattach alcohol from it. Because what ends up happening is if you start to truly believe that alcohol doesn't relax you or that it doesn't make you more confident, 
the subconscious desire goes away because the subconscious doesn't see how it's meeting any of its needs. So we need to learn to meet those needs in new ways, but also debunk the role that alcohol plays in it. And it's so freaking empowering because when a woman can find confidence within herself and not like a crutch like alcohol, you're going to see it all over her. She's going to be- Then you're going to explode. Then you're able to explode in other areas of your life because you have that confidence to show up. I love that you brought up that part where it's like you wake up Monday morning and you're like, why did I do this? What was this weekend about? And I think that- when going through COVID, there were a lot more people that were drinking. And I think we're coming out in this time where it's become accepted in other people's eyes. Like, I don't think it makes them as uncomfortable when somebody says they don't drink, but I still think that there's this cultural, I don't know how to say it, but still, still this, this place where it makes some people uncomfortable actually. Yeah, for sure. And what an incredible, like, you know, the thing I just talked about is ultimately a personal development journey, right? So to learn how to be more confident, to learn how to like relax and regulate your nervous system on your own and not using this like toxic beverage. But now even what you're saying is like, as a business owner, aren't we going to have to learn how to not people please? Aren't we going to have to learn how to not care about the opinion of other people that don't matter? So it's like, it's presented in this one realm, right? Like with alcohol and it can feel really daunting because it's like, yeah, everyone expects you to drink. And if you don't drink, you're either pregnant or you have a problem, but it's like, it's actually going to build your courage muscles to stand up for your values, stand up for your boundaries and not really care about what other people think. Like you're living in aligned with your well-being, and it doesn't matter what other people think. And I have strategies for that, obviously too. But imagine like that woman that grows through those challenges and meets them head on and, you know, accomplishes and or, you know, closes the loop on them where that's not no longer an issue. Like these are all these beautiful gifts I think you get from going alcohol free. It's just like why you can so much easier grow your business, like grow your reach, grow your platforms, because you've been working on these other issues, these interpersonal issues that you've been having in this one way. And it's going to spill over in all these other ways. You know, a woman who doesn't care what other people think is going to be so less and much more nervous about right <laughs> going on an Instagram live or selling her programs or whatever it is. Cause right. like you've been working on that in different ways. In your journey with self, what were some of the things that you really had to focus on to get that confidence and that kind of, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. I actually think it was through the act of even taking a break. That was so helpful because it was kind of an Achilles heel for so long for me that just the act of not drinking for like at first, even just three weeks, I was like, Whoa, like I haven't drank for three weeks. That's amazing. You know? And then 50 days and a hundred days. And all of that literally made me feel like a badass. Cause it one, it was something I didn't think I could do. And two, if I did do it, I thought it would be like sad or hard or like depriving, but I was feeling so good. I was feeling amazing. So I'm like, Holy shit. I just debunked so many of my limiting stories about what I thought it'd feel like to like ditch alcohol maybe all my other stories are wrong. So for example, I didn't think I could be an entrepreneur. Wow, that's such, wait, I just even have to pause there because what you just said is like mind blowing. It's one of those drop the mic moments because I feel like when we go through that experience to see that we have that resilience, we start being able to apply that to all these other areas. And that's why you're talking about, you you have these dreams that are endless possibilities once you get off of alcohol. Because yeah, it's like a personal journey. Yeah. And if you could do that, you start to feel like I can do anything, you know? And so for me, I never thought I could be an entrepreneur. And it was just a few months into being alcohol free. I was like, why not me? 
You know, I tried to write a book for so long that I had such bad writer's block. All of a sudden I'm creative and just the words are pouring out of me and I just go for it. Within one year, I launched my business podcast, wrote my book, like so much changed within just one year. And I've now grown a multiple six figure company since then. And I help women all over the world because of that one initial change. Now I've been growing ever since. There's been a lot of other work that I've been doing, obviously, <laughs> but I've I've got to work with so many different women who like, you know, it does launch that spark in them, that passion, that fire to really do what they want. And when they're already business owners to really give them so much more of that creativity, that intuition and that confidence as well. And I'll just give you one example. So if you and your audience is familiar with Jenna Kutcher, she stopped drinking. She's now one year alcohol free. She's always been a badass, right? She's always been <laughs> unstoppable and like worked right. through a lot. But there is a huge visible difference now with her. Like she is, has her health has like really been game, has been super strong. She looks so much more powerful, more radiant. And so that's like even cool to me to see that like when someone's already playing at a top level and then they remove alcohol, like it just gets to get better. Like it's just like, to me, it's not like the way we've always thought about alcohol is like, oh, it's a problem. You need to remove it so you can be normal. No, I'm like, let's take the normal people, remove this or change this. And now you get to be extraordinary. Tell me a little about your program. I'm interested to hear about your program that you have for women who are embarking on this new journey. What are some of the steps and the pillars that you teach within your program? Sure. So we have a few different programs that kind of walk the alcohol-free woman through all these different phases, even up to getting certified herself so she can grow her own coaching business. But the very start is that reevaluation of alcohol. Um, and so we really treat it as like one of the most intuitive choices a woman can make, right? It doesn't signal a problem. It doesn't signal any weakness. It's like all of society's drinking, but now let's actually ask ourselves, does this work for me? And is this helping me become the woman I want to become? And, you know, maybe drinking did serve a purpose, like in my 20s or whatever, like that's fine. But is it helping me become the future version of me? And that's a better question to ask now too, right? There's this amazing saying in yoga of like, you know, let go of what no longer serves you. Like in this phase of our lives, right? We're going to be asked to kind of let go of different things in order to have what we really want. Because I think at the end of the day, like having some wine, isn't really on the scale of like those deepest, deepest desires for your life. Like if someone could trade being on the show with Oprah versus having some wine or writing a New York Times bestseller or meeting their hero, whatever it is, it's like, there's something you want way, way more. And let's see if this can unlock that for you. So in my program, Become Euphoric is the, the really the, the signature. And also in my book, I we outline this process as well. We'll take that intuition to start really digging deep into a relationship with alcohol and recognize what those limiting beliefs are that were formed over time and exposure and through, you know, society and marketing and all these things that we believe that alcohol helps us and makes us feel better in any way, because those are actual limitations. Those are beliefs that we believe that we are not carrying that strength within ourselves and that we need alcohol in order to tap into that. And so even so simply, like, we have this cultural association with alcohol that it's glamorous. Maybe not all kinds of drinking, but you know, if you put up a martini glass or a champagne glass, it's, it signals status. And so for some people, like that's how they get their significance. It's like, I feel elevated because I'm drinking. It's nothing to do with alcohol. It's the really social. Honest. Be really honest on where these limiting beliefs are and what are, what is your association with alcohol? 
Exactly. And so once we can identify them, we can change them, we can debunk the illusion of alcohol, and we can find new, much more empowering beliefs. And so what does this for the subconscious is you're just chipping away at all the needs this the brain has put onto alcohol. And now like showing that like, oh, it doesn't meet any of your needs at all. And when your brain completely 100% does not believe that alcohol doesn't meet your needs subconsciously, not just consciously, you're not going to want it anymore. So it's not about giving it up. It's not about I can't drink. It's about I don't want to drink. Uh, reframing that. your relationship with alcohol. Well, yeah, with exactly. alcohol free. And exactly. what alcohol did for you. Yeah. What do you think for that woman that feels like she really can't give it up? She wants to, but do you feel that that woman needs to go to the rooms or do you, does she still have a fit for your program? Yeah. I mean, it totally depends on like where she is, but I think that like, you know, if someone is ready for a break or a change in habits, like, you know, taking like a, a month off is amazing. Taking two months off is going to really change your life. That's what my book recommends. Taking three days is even going to start building those muscles of like, you know, I have a program called dry Boot Camp where we just learn how to relax without alcohol. Like we don't even know how to calm our sympathetic nervous system down. Right. And we've been using alcohol for so long, which just elevates the sympathetic response anyway. So it's like some things are just like basically learning how to take care of your needs again. Um, but I actually do think that there's just such an awareness journey on this that like I knew, for example, for seven years, I didn't really like the role of alcohol in my life, but I wasn't like, I didn't have the courage yet to do much yet or whatever. So I think that even before taking a break, all someone could do too is just to lean in. Like if this conversation has been interesting to you and you want to like explore it a little bit more, like lean in, like read a book, for example, or listen to another podcast or start following some alcohol-free leaders on social media or something like that. Allow this to marinate in your conscious mind and to see like more conversations about it because that will kind of start changing the framing too of like alcohol being this tool for belonging and like what everyone expects. Well, there's a whole society out there like you and me and so many other incredible leaders who don't drink. And we don't really see that from the perspective of when we are drinking, you know, Tony Robbins doesn't drink, Brene Brown doesn't drink. Like I could list them off forever so many, especially too, when you use it as a signal that elevates you, like, oh, I don't have time to drink. I'm building an empire. How, yeah. how motivating is that versus, oh, I can't drink. Yeah. You know, I love that reframing of the mindset. Can you talk about filling the empty void? Because exactly. that's, that's what a lot of people who are listening to this are thinking, how, what are exercises that you can do to fill that empty void? Exactly. So we talked a little bit about relaxation, so I won't go too much into that, but obviously we use it a lot to relax. And so like we need to learn to actually calm our sympathetic nervous system down and, and turn on the relaxation. And that's going to be experimental for some people. It's going to be just as simple as pouring a mocktail, like the signals already there to the brain, the placebo effect works like that. And so just pour a mocktail and it will feel just as like pampering and relaxing, so just as glamorous. <laughs> right. And there's all these different, you know, there's all the like common sense things, but they actually do work like the yoga or the, you know, the walk or the shower or the bath, whatever it is. But a lot of times we use alcohol to have fun. We want it to have this like excite, exciting energy, like the sense of a thrill, like, oh, I get to go out tonight or it's Saturday. We're going to the winery or whatever. So we're using it in place of fun. And there's a reason for that. Like it does spike dopamine in the brain. And so that does feel good, right? But what happens is that the spike of dopamine is very like artificial for the brain. It's a really similar to the spike that cocaine or heroin does. So the brain actually knows it's fake. It's like, whoa, 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 this is way too much dopamine. 
And what happens is it starts to uh, retract the receptors that catch dopamine. So people who drink regularly actually experience less dopamine in their brain on a normal basis, and it lowers their levels of serotonin and GABA. So even though we think drinking is fun, it actually makes us less able to feel happiness neurotransmitters being pumped in our body. And to to get to that peace of mind that we actually want. Exactly. So sometimes like a break is actually really incredible because you might notice your mood and just like your general state really, really elevates. But then this fun equation, you know, like, you know, like I I think of it this way, like because alcohol releases that spike of dopamine. Well, imagine if we like put rats in a cage and we put little like electrodes on their brain and these electrodes were able to stimulate their pleasure center. Like I could just stand back and just like poke the like button and keep like, you know, shocking them into feeling pleasure. Like, is the rat really having fun? Are they like, are they trying to like do a maze? Are they like learning something? Are they doing something that's really exciting? Like, no, they're a zombie, right? And that's kind of what alcohol is. It's this really passive way of having fun. And I do air quotes with that. So to me, like, because I spent so long, like alcohol was my equation of fun. That's what I did on the weekend. I actually had to relearn what was fun for me. And I do this with my clients as well. Like what brings you organic joy? Like what really makes you happy, you know? And this is a really exciting part of the process where we get to rediscover what joy and fun looks like. And so we can experiment with a lot of different things. I remember I did stuff like paddleboard yoga. I went to writer's workshops. I went to Zumba classes, just things that were totally outside of my realm of normal. I started trying all these new things. And with that, I could feel it actually starting to bring out my passion. Like, you know, I don't continue to do paddleboard yoga classes, but like just the experimental nature of that period, like showed me how much I want to write, how much I want to grow business, like how much passion I have to actually stimulate my brain. So it's like so interesting that like we can really redefine what fun is and like find an empowering thing. Like even what did we like doing as kids? You know, so much of that. And so every single reason why we're using alcohol can be thought of as a personal development like challenge or like journey to like really either heal that area or find new empowering ways to meet it or find ways that like you'll build up your skills. And so, you know, I have clients who will go on their first camping trip or vacation without alcohol and they come back with their mouths dropped because they had (laughs) so much more fun. They enjoyed themselves so much. They got up with the sunrise, you know, they went hiking more and they're like, oh my God, like for years I've been drinking because I thought it made like my vacations more fun. And I didn't even know like how much more fun I could have. What about for that woman who is really struggling to have an identity to begin with and uses alcohol in that way to kind of mask who she is? What would you say are some strategies that she can use to kind of get back to her core self and find out like, what are some of the underlying reasons that she's drinking? Yeah, absolutely. So my mentor, Annie Grace, talks about like three core reasons why we drink. And one are the, all the beliefs we have around alcohol itself. And then all the beliefs we have about that society expects it and that we're just supposed to drink. And then there's those deeper beliefs about self, you know, like when you feel I'm not good enough, therefore I'm going to drink. And those are obviously some of the more deeper ones, you know, so I'm glad you bring this up. But like for now, every single time we drink alcohol, I like to debunk it so much. There's so many things we think alcohol does that it doesn't do. But if there's one thing that it does, it's an anesthetic. It numbs. Like we used to use alcohol in surgeries before we had like modern anesthetics. So when someone is using alcohol to continually, you know, manage their emotions or drink or whatever, they will never feel those emotions. They're just going to keep pushing them down, down, down. 
Plus they're going to be super distorted because we're really messing with the brain chemistry. So a lot of people, even who think they have depression or anxiety, they take an extended break from alcohol and it all clears, right? Because those neurotransmitters aren't getting so whacked with. But, you know, in that moment, every time we numb, we're pushing it down, we're pushing it down, we're pushing it down. It can never come up to be healed. You know, so for some people, it's a super exciting, happy, fun experience to take a break. And for others, they're going to feel these really deep emotions coming up. Those emotions are coming up for a reason. And when you heal them and clear them and let them go, you will be so much more freer for that. And if you feel like you need professional help to do this with a therapist or any other like licensed professional, please go for it. You know what I mean? But there's going to be so much beauty in that healing. And I think just the introspection, like I journaled so much when I was an adolescent, like I wrote so much. I was like kind of always in tune with myself. And then I start drinking and the journal just like the, the door closes. Like I just can't even get in touch with myself. And I think I even try to write novels at that point because I've always wanted to be a writer and I can never really write very much. And it's like, if I'm not even willing to be vulnerable and open with my feelings, how can I make them up for characters, you know? Like there was like a wall there that I just, I didn't know. And I didn't think I was numbing. Like I didn't actually associate myself as like a depressed or negative person or anything like that. It just was doing what everyone else was doing, but there was that block there, right? So this journey to like get to know yourself and really heal is gonna be one of the most beautiful things you ever, ever do. And you're gonna learn so many things. Like maybe there's something actually in your life that can be shifted. So for example, you know, a lot of people who are driven into entrepreneurship, like we, we did the corporate route or the other career route and then we found that it wasn't really what we wanted. Well, imagine if someone is stuck in that and they just keep numbing it over and over again. Like those emotions are trying to tell you, hey, you're not meant to be in this career. You're really meant to be doing this. And so it could even be something else in our business that like we're holding on to or we don't want to let go of or we don't want to change that like, you know, is at the core. And maybe why we're not growing is because there's those deeper you know, really, really deep, deeper issues that are like kind of looking to be healed. So I really think of alcohol and going alcohol free as this like vehicle, right? Like it's almost not about the alcohol. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. this bigger metaphor or symbol that you can use to really heal a lot of things in your life, grow in so many different ways, grow stronger, grow more confident. And, you know, you know, my hat's off to any brave woman who's willing to do this work. Tell me a little about your business growth, because for you not wanting to be an entrepreneur and then stepping into it, do you feel like going alcohol free and doing this deep work gave you the clarity into how to start your business even? Did that come from intuition? Oh yeah. So like, it was so crazy. Like I, I want to go back to that writer's block. Cause I just want to make it so clear that like, it was just like, whoosh, I could not even be creative. And then I'm sitting on the beach two months, alcohol free in Hawaii, just so enamored with the sunset. And the fact that like all these people are scurrying to the bar, trying to get a drink to enjoy the sunset. And I'm like, oh my God, the universe is so beautiful. I don't need a drink to enjoy this. And all of a sudden it just came to me like euphoric. You're meant to write a book. You're meant to launch this business. A week later, every single chapter is given to me like in this download. And I had like really fast progress of like not having too much procrastination, not having too much imposter syndrome, like all those things came up for me. But I just like went for it from that day on. I just went full steam to my business. And so I was able to leave my day job in a relatively fast pace. I got a six-figure book deal from HarperCollins at a relatively fast pace. You know, yeah. I've grown my business to multiple six figures at a relatively fast pace because this growth has become so normal for me, this intuition, this heightened creativity, this, you know, so much. And it's like every single time I get to this next level and I'm like, well, I don't know if I could do that. You know, there's always a next level that we reach. 
it's like I can take all the evidence of like, you know, the strength I got from ditching alcohol and the strength I've gotten from all these other things to like push the boundary of my comfort zone once more, you know? So for me, it exploded my life. And, you know, I am, like I said, introverted. Uh, I grew up shy. I'm also foreign. So I grew up with immigrant parents. Like I was the last person I would have thought of as an entrepreneur. I thought you had to be like this confident schmoozer who like knew angel investors. Like, so like I wrote it off. I was like, that's just not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and even sometimes we get into a business and we think like there's a certain limit. Like, well, I'm only like, I'm only here to support myself. I'm a solopreneur, right? It's like, well, why not think bigger? Like, why not help more people? Why not, you know, really picture everything you want and not like put these like imposed limits on what we're here to do. Wow. Such a profound story. Do you think that we're missing anything? <laughs> You're such a good interviewer. I think, you know, I would just say to anyone listening, if this conversation was interesting to you, you know, there's so much happening in this space right now. Like it's becoming yeah. so much more popular to really reevaluate alcohol. So again, I just think it's the most intuitive people who are kind of getting on the bandwagon and it doesn't mean you have to quit drinking for forever. Like that's what I think everyone fears. So they don't even take the first step. All it is, is this period of reevaluation, experimentation, right? Like you really get to just like take this curiosity on and just ask these questions. And you're going to be so amazed and so surprised at what you find out. And if you want any guidance, I wrote, you know, a book that will tell you all the incredible health, body, mind, soul benefits that you'll get. So you're just going to get so excited about it. You know, we didn't even go into all the like health and mind benefits. Um, but then it'll also give you an eight week plan so that you can follow to really start not only experimenting with like habit change, but really going into that deeper mindset change of like really that introspection needed to clear the desire for alcohol. I think that's the biggest thing is clearing that desire for alcohol, because when you can clear that, just as you were saying with the subconscious, it's like you don't even crave it anymore. It doesn't become part of your life. But I know for me, there are times that I go out and people are like, oh, you sure you don't want to drink? And they're just, they're trying to shove drinks. And I notice that it makes them uncomfortable that mm -hmm. I'm not drinking. And mm -hmm. that's the stuff I've had to not do with the people pleasing that you were talking about. And right, standing right. True, just being like, I am good. I'm golden. Or they'll say like, are you sick? Are you not feeling well? And I think that's the part, but I really feel that we're in a different time right now where people are reevaluating. There's so many cool mocktails. There's so many cool pioneers out there. And there are people just like you doing this work. Yeah. And I love that, you know, because like what you say is like such a reflection on them. Like you don't fit into their worldview because they think everyone drinks and it makes them more comfortable because like, hey, if we're all going to be hung over tomorrow, then I can kind of not really care about, you know, this. But if I'm the only one who's doing like, we know, right? It's like almost like co-signing our BS. And like, if one person stands out, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like maybe this isn't something we should be doing. So it actually, in, in some ways, while it can seem threatening to other people, you should like, we can be amazed to see over time, like over much longer periods of time, you can really inspire people too, you know? Because there's a statistic that 52% um, of people actually want to drink less or not at all. So the very person who could be threatened or just like kind of weirded out that you're not drinking might harbor an inner desire to actually drink less or not at all. And you might inspire them down the line. So that's definitely happened in my world and my clients' worlds. Like they really do do this ripple effect, you know, and alcohol, I think, is having this cigarette moment in the sense that like we're really learning about how toxic it is. Like there's just no safe amount of it. And we're kind of like reevaluating the established cultural norms around it that like, right, you have to drink at all social occasions. 
Yeah. Now I'm not saying we all have to like quit drinking and prohibition or anything like that, but I think it needs to be more normalized, right? Where like my children don't have to grow up where it's just expected that they drink no matter what. Like if there really is choice around it and maybe it's normal at the, you know, in 20 or 30 years, half people drink, half people don't. And that's totally normal and cool. And there's options for both, you know? Can you tell everyone where to find you? So check out the book Euphoric. Just type in Euphoric on Amazon or you can go to www.euphoricbook.com. And you can also go to euphoricaf.com. That's where I have all my programs, my coaching. We have retreats as well. So our next one's to Costa Rica my certification program, all that good stuff. And there's also a really cool guide, uh, 50 things to do instead of drinking right at the top of that page. So that's my gift for your listeners. And then I'm pretty active on Instagram too. If you want to send me a message or ask me a question, just go to at euphoric.af and I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Seriously, this was such a great episode. Guys, take a break. That's all I have to say. <laughs> take a break. You'll be amazed at what flourishes. You'll be amazed at what comes out. And you'll also be amazed at the clarity you have to be able to go full throttle into your business. So thank you so much for being here. All thank right. You. Stay tuned for the next episode. Make sure you follow this amazing woman and make sure you join her program if this is something that you need a little support in. Bye guys. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.